Thanks for joining us for season six of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thank you for that kind, warm introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And we are super, super excited about this podcast, Jimmy. It's season six. We had a great show. We had a great guest. But I got to tell you, I was out late last night, Jimmy. Yeah, I really? was out late, but I was working, uh, you know, because when I'm not working, I'm networking. You know that. So I'm out late last <laughs> night and I couldn't stop talking to people about one thing that was on my mind. They wanted to talk about a lot of different things. What whiskey am I drinking? Check out this tequila. Ugh, have a piece of this steak. All I could think about is the branded marketplace and the problems that that marketplace is solving. And I got to tell you, people were excited. They're like, you know what? I don't want to talk about tequila. I don't want to talk about whiskey. Shatsy, what is this marketplace? I said, go to thebrandedmarketplace.com. Check it out. We're connecting operators with the best tech, the best technology in the entire hospitality industry, Jimmy. Have you seen it? I just can't get over what kind of dinner you must have been at last night when this was the topic that everyone wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, I was the middle. I was the middle. I was in the middle, and everyone's like, this guy is great. I love talking about <laughs> e-commerce and technology. What an exciting guy, Shatsy. Well, listen, if you have a technology solution, if you have what you think every operator needs, go to, just email us at marketplace at brandedstrategic.com, and we'll onboard you on. And you know what, Jimmy? You know what it costs? For an operator, I mean, I'm sorry, for a tech company to get on the marketplace? What's it cost? Nothing, Jimmy. Nothing. That's, what, that's what's so beautiful about it. It's free. Free. How do we make money? Jimmy, I got to tell you, you're the finance guy, and you said, Shatsy, don't worry. It's volume, baby. And I said, <laughs> all right, Jimmy, you say volume. I'm going with volume. You're finance guy. Anyway, check out the marketplace, Jimmy. Everyone, it's great. I love it. Jimmy, back to you. we got a great show. Let's go. Enough of the market. All right. Please. Let's get into it. Let's get after it. All right. We are very excited uh, for today's episode. Our guest, our friend, our partner, Mr. Scott Siegel, co-founder and CEO of Curbit. Scott, we appreciate you being here with us. We'd like you to take the lead. Give us a little background on yourself. And of course, give us a little, uh, give us a little introduction to Curbit, please. Yeah, well, guys, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here, even though we're on separate coasts. Um, exciting it was like 4 a.m. out there? I know. And uh, the little little bags below my eye, but uh, no, it's <laughs> it's 8 o'clock. I've got two young boys, so I don't sleep. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what time it is, actually. Jimmy hasn't slept in years. <laughs> it works for me. works for me. <laughs> but no, it's a really exciting time for Kerbit. Um, just a little background on myself. So, um Born and raised here in Southern California. Like I said, I have two young boys, beautiful wife, Jordan. She's been the rock as I've tried to get this, uh, this, this concept off the ground and um, to where we are today. I've got uh, two, two co-founders, Aaron Werber, Kevin Pittick, and um, uh, just a gladiator group of developers that have um, just work around the clock. And um, yeah, so things are really good. So Kermit is a SaaS solution. That okay, whoa, whoa, slow down. Before <laughs> we dig, we're going to take a deep dive. Don't worry, we're going to ask you a lot of questions. We just want uh, a little, before we get into Kermit, I mean, we got to really get into who is Scott Siegel? <laughs> what makes Scott Siegel, Mr. Southern California, LA guy, two kids and a beautiful wife, Jordan, what makes him tick? So how does a guy like you, 
and you're tan for all those watching. I mean, the guy is tan. He looks like a surfer dude from Southern I California. I am. I went yesterday. <laughs> was, I mean, when I met you, I mean, you're Mr. Commercial Real Estate Guy. How does Mr. Commercial Real Estate Guy, how does that lead you to hospitality and food service technology? That's what I want to know right now. How does a real estate guy get into this? I, I call it crazy, call it high tolerance for pain. But um, yeah, so my, my background, I started in commercial real estate in the early 2000s and I was representing restaurants, retailers, and, you know, they were having problems as, as sort of the e-commerce world started to take off. People were getting food faster. Um, the proliferation of drive through started to take off. And, you know, the, many of the clients that I was representing. Um, and you, wait, you, you, were, you were representing the landlords or you're, you're finding locations for like restaurant owners and stuff? Which Restaurant one? owners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so there was this real sort of arms race to take down drive throughs as, as, as we know today, you know, the volumes are considerable. And many of the clients I was representing were, were just having a really difficult time competing for that, for that asset. And so it, it was always sort of in my mind, it's like, how can I help my clients, um, you know, compete and, and sort of level the playing field. And, you know, so, so fast forward, um, to a dinner I had with Aaron Werber, who I mentioned is one of the, the, the co-founders and our wives were talking and, you know, they were saying, you know, we all have young kids and it's like, is there anywhere else to get food for my kids besides driving through a drive through I mean, it's McDonald's, it's Burger King, it's Jack in the Box. Why aren't there other options, um, you know, for just, the masses? Those are all delicious. Am I right? Uh, nothing wrong. I, I know we have a lot of listeners here, and I, nothing against. You, but yeah, I, lo I love my Big Mac and uh, yeah, um, and Whopper. But uh, again, it was like you know, where's the variety? How can we make it easy? And it was like ah, light bulb. I, you know, I had this for years. It was like, how do I help my clients compete? Help them compete? And and now all of a sudden, you have this like the the consumer side. It's like there's the problem. And, and as we were sitting at dinner, it was just like, you know, that my mind was racing. It was like, I was thinking about all the challenges with curbside pickup, you know, you've got dedicated parking spaces. There's all this negotiation around getting the spaces. Um, and it was like, you know, why can't a car just arrive in a parking lot, show up and have somebody walk food out to their car in less than two minutes. And I, as I was sitting there at dinner, I'm like, I don't see any reason why this can't happen. So it was a really poignant moment for me because I, I, had, I had been, you know, sort of in the corporate grind. I was living a very comfortable life. Um, and it was like, this is, I have, I've had this sort of like burning desire to, to solve, to, to address a problem and, and help sort of the industry. And, and it was like, a, it was a light bulb moment for me. For me. And it was sort of now or never, you know, once you start having kids and, you know, you're, you kind of go into that next phase of life. It's like you have an idea and it's either you act on it or you bury it. And so I acted. And the next morning I called my friend, my former, uh, my old next door neighbor, Kevin Pittick, who you guys know. He is yeah, uh, great. I didn't know he was your neighbor, though. We were next door neighbors. So Kevin and I live next door. Why didn't for you call Kevin? I mean, why didn't you call somebody? Why, why your neighbor, Kevin? What was well, he bringing to the table? You've met Kevin before. Kevin is one of the smartest people on the planet. I, I, I will put him up against anybody. So Kevin, he went to Stanford. We actually call, you know, many of the conversations we have. 
when you know we'd go out to dinner and, and Kevin would start explaining things at a level that you're like, whoa, you know, how did this guy weave this whole thing together? And, and it's like we just called it Stanford because you know he could figure it out. And so um, yeah, so that was that was sort of like the hey, I'm at the top of the double black diamond and we're either gonna go down the hill and, and go for this thing or or move on. And so we 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 took the dive and all right, yeah, let me jump. Was... Let me let me let me jump in here a little bit. I love the Kerbit story. I want to I want to I want to move this a little forward. Um, what I love about Kerbit, it's full of grit and resilience and the ability to adapt. While Kerbit, in its, in its current state, as you said, is a, is a software solution. I know the idea behind Kerbit was originally as an app. Can you share you know a little more about what originally led you to develop Kerbit? I mean, we're in a unique environment now where off premise, breaking the four walls. Um, the dining outside the four walls is just critically important. And, you know, the, the branded team is, we think pick up and take away is, is just going to continue uh, to be a critical component of, of the business. Can you share that the original idea and the development of Kerbit? Sure. Yeah. So obviously we're in unprecedented times. I mean, the, the sort of the, the behavior of the consumer is, is a lot different than it was pre pandemic. So, the, the sort of the genesis of Kerbit occurred before the pandemic. A lot of people think, wow, you guys just, you know, you can't, you came up the timing so great, you know, with, with what's happening and sort of this demand for curbside. And so, um, so yeah, this was in uh, 2019 is, is, is when the company formed. Um, I have, a, I have, you know, these re restaurant relationships in particular was one with Dunkin' Donuts. So we were, I had a really good relationship. Aaron Almond Pork, if you're listening. Coffee, right? Great coffee. It's it's great coffee and it's and it's, it's dangerous. There's a the, the donut factor is the problem. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it, no, you just it, coffee. It, don't don't you don't get the donuts. You can't you can't. You you won't keep your girlish figure. I know. <laughs> you, you walk. You, you know the owner, and, you, and next thing you know, you're walking out with a dozen donuts. And uh, fortunately, the kids love them. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we figure that part out. But yeah, like I said, we have a we have a, we had a you know a really good relationship with uh, the largest franchisee in California, Aaron Almond Poor. And, and, you know, with, as you guys know, restaurants, it's very fragile. The, the consumer, their guests, it's everything. You can't just all of a sudden go to a restaurant and say, hey, I have, hey, I have this like idea and I want to implement it in your kitchen and test it out and so on. Um, there's a real fragility there. And so for us, we, we, we knew the only way we could sort of penetrate the idea was we had to sort of create a sidecar ordering experience for the guest vis-a-vis -vis an app. And so, um, you know, ultimately sort of our vision was, is that we would have this great curbside experience where, where the guest shows up, food's walking out, everyone's using it. We take it all the way up the ladder to Duncan and, and, and happily ever after. And, and so, you know, we get into that sort of the, 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 the realistic hurdles we, we got, to, you know, had to go through in a second, but, um, so we had to develop an app, and and by developing an app, we had to we had to we had to originate the order, and then more importantly, we had to orchestrate the arrival. And and when I talk about orchestrating the arrival, that is that is the core of the the problem that the industry is facing. They call it the last mile. It's like how do you get somebody from a house? You call it, it's the last yard or the last foot. It's not the mile because when I got the bag with my burgers i mean it's literally right there not a mile it's a foot exactly and the expectation is for the consumer is i want fresh food you know and, and it's a it's a real problem if you're going to put this service out there where you're going to where you're going to take orders online 
there's an expectation that, hey, when I arrive, I want fresh food. And if you don't get it, and if you're waiting a long time, then then all that all that money, all that investment that you've made in the in getting the guests there, you know, it's just you're you're it's on thin ice. And so that's why we love Kerbit, man. You are solving for this problem. So let me ask you this: I love the name Kerbit. I love it. Well, obviously, it sounds like Kerbit curbside. It sounds like that's where you got the name from. Is that is is it the obvious? I got the name because Kerbit and curbside. Is that it, or is there something more to the story? Well, yeah, yeah. So we we didn't have the cachet of being the restaurant guys or the or the, <laughs> the finance guys. Nobody knew who Scott and Kevin were, you know, and Aaron when we, we were when we were we starting. Did, we did. Jimmy and I knew. Uh, you. you guys knew. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it was in the universe, and so we had to come up. We had to come up with a name. That had that had some cachet that, that people could associate with sort of the experience. And so, what better name than hey, I, I want to go on Kerbit. I, I you know curbside Kerbit. It, it, it you know it has that sort of correlation to the experience. Sounds like Kermit. Kermit exactly. So if you've seen our logo, you know we needed to come up with the logo at the time. Like you so said, that's so that's the that's Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and we didn't want to make it too close to Kermit because well, there uh, you know there's uh, IP uh, stuff. Disney but, owns them today. You get sued. I don't know who uh, owns them, but yeah, Disney. It, I don't know who it is. Yeah. There you go. Well, so, I love it. I love it. Well, there you go. So Kermit curbside Kermit the Frog. There you go. I love it. And I now I understand the, the whole logo thing. Thank you for clearing that up for me and everybody, and the other four listeners. <laughs> I, I, I said it before, and I'll say it as, as often as, as, I, as people let me. Um, Brandon subscribes to the theory that the pandemic has changed nothing, uh, but it has accelerated everything. Uh, I don't think there's a greater example. Um, of that than the adoption of curbside pickup and takeout. How has this accelerated Kerbit's growth? Well, there's there's just you know, you know the, the sheer awareness, and you know what we saw in March of 2020 was sort of this rush to to everyone out needed curbside. Whether it was you know people calling when you got there to alert the store when you arrived or texting, um, there was a lot of solutions that, that didn't necessarily um, sync with the operations between the four walls. And so when we talk about what we, when we were an app, we recognized that early on that for us, for, for us to be successful, um, we need to actually be in the kitchen. We need to be observing 100% of the orders. So the guests not only, so the store not only knows when the guest is arriving, but, but you know, what's happening in the kitchen. And so, so it really forced us as we as we observe sort of like the demand, the demand in the end, it's like I want fresh food and I don't want to wait. And the only way you're going to do that is to give the guest a, an experience where they are connected to their order. And so we, we you know, there was a, we, we saw that and we essentially developed this capability. And, and now we're we're a software solution. And as we sit here today, um, I, I mean, the demand for what we are delivering and the capabilities that we have to create this elevated experience is, um, I, I mean, I can't, I, you know, there, there is no better I, place. I want to interject. I want to interject with one quick thing here. And, and Jimmy, Scott, you haven't had a quick interjection in 25 years. Oh, God. Mine went somewhere else. Yeah. I'm glad you said it. Mine did too. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, um, to, to Scott's point, at Branded, we love uh, boasting and bragging and trying to be ambassadors uh, for our partner companies and for companies we believe are doing good things for the industry. Um, they like to say that only death and taxes is certainty. So far, 
on our introductions, of which Shatsy does a tremendous job, I don't think they're – I think you're batting a 1,000. Anytime Shatsy mentions well, her batting, Jimmy. Well, you're, you're one for one. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Finish it. I'm kidding, Jimmy. Oh, I just, it's been amazing to watch because sometimes you make a, you know, you make a suggestion. You, you say, oh, I really like this. Like, eh, I don't care. You got, at Kerbit, you're batting a thousand. There is no one that we've mentioned Kerbit to that hasn't said, I need to be put in touch with these guys because I need to improve my pickup delivery. So I think one of the fun things for Branded is that, I mean, I shouldn't say this because you, you may not think we're working so hard, but you're really easy. <laughs> to, to 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 boast and brag about because it's it's what you do is what they need and and what a nice situation that is. All right, there's my quick thought. It's a good segue because I got to tell you, Jimmy, I actually had some. Uh, I I put a study up on LinkedIn just recently and it ranked you know the top solutions from a customer's perspective. What do they What do they want? What are they looking for? And the the second highest ranking. Uh, like solution that they wanted, it was it was the pickup ability. It was the ability to to get my food or whatever I'm picking up, groceries, whatever it is. Very like when I pull in, I want what I ordered and I want it now, and that was the number one thing. So I I, I think uh, Curb, you know, uh, you know, Kerbin is solving for that. What Scott? Let me ask you something. What can you share on the the customer perspective of curbside pickup? It seems to me like. It kind of you saw it a little bit before the pandemic, but now I mean it just seems like it's never going away. People love to pull into the Best Buy parking lot, the Target, the Walmart, the restaurant. They just love to pull in and boom, it's it's there right there. They want to, they absolutely want to, and and that's the expectation. You know, it, it, when you order on Amazon and a package shows up, you know, two hours later, or your grocery store up, show up at your front door. That's the expectation that the consumer has. And when they order from a restaurant, they don't know about the tech problems and all the, all the, the, the challenges that these restaurants are going through. If you put curbside up on your website or your app and you say that's an option, it's like, I expect, I expect it to be easy and I expect to pick up my food on time and I, and I don't want to wait. And, and if, you don't have, if you don't have that experience, then, then, the, then, the, then the offering falls on its face. And that's why largely curbside has you know, to date is it just, it doesn't contemplate all the pieces that are happening in the kitchen and, and, and the guests, you know, you're basically getting a quote time at checkout and it's a hail Mary to yep. get there on time. And it's like, that's not how it should be. I see. I see a lot of restaurants. They have like a phone number when you pull into the parking lot, it's like a phone number, call us when you arrive. And then no one answers the phone. Well, <laughs> yeah. And that brings up, you know, it's like, you got the labor problem here too. Yeah. It's, the whole it's, thing is, it's, 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 you know, if you do it right, if you, if you, if, if in between your four walls, there's a timing solution where no matter how you order, whether it's curbside, whether it's in-store pickup, whether you're sitting at your table, if food is coming out on time and it's fresh, then there's an efficiency. If there's not, if I have to call a store, if I have to go in and I get my food, I had to go in the lobby, all this stuff that, you know, the, the, the labor, your know, labor is fragile right now. And if your staff is stretched thin and they're having to interact with guests for no reason, then it just it just creates it creates havoc. It creates chaos. And, and you know, we come in, we just we put the steamroller over all that and make it make it smooth and easy. 
No, I want to I want to stay on the topic of the guest and and what they're thinking. Shatz brought up his LinkedIn uh, study. I'm going to bring up one of our other partner companies, uh, Mr. Zach Oates, uh, CEO and founder of Ovation. This is a guest feedback and and customer engagement platform. Um, Zach shared with us that that his data shows that the single highest, the single biggest guest complaint across the board is order timing. I mean, again, I, I, I was surprised it was number one, but it was number one, number two on Chatsy's list, number one on Zach Oates' list, and Zach's got the customer engagement. No, yeah, my list loyalty, loyalty was the number one thing people want, and second was the uh, curbside experience. Oh, in that case, this segment sponsored by our friends at Spengo. Spengo, loyalty. There you go. All right. 100%. Uh, this, Thank you for putting that in there, Jimmy. Yeah. This must uh, – but no, but in all seriousness, Scott, um, the fact that this is what guests are talking about um, and then complaining about must be right, music to your ears because you are able to specifically address that. Um, can you share now how Kerbin is solving the timing problem? We make it easy, yeah. And so we have – so we use – this is going to get sound Wait, technical. Don't, don't so tell I don't, too many secrets. Don't give away, don't, don't give away all the trade secrets, Booby. I don't <laughs> want to make it. Uh, I don't want this to fly over your head, guys. But what we do is we take the, the the signals coming out of the KDS. So every restaurant, you know, when you're cooking food, that's a kitchen display system. There you go. And and we ingest it. So we basically we bring those those signals into our cloud, and we use machine learning and a whole, a whole variety of other uh, data models to basically take all that, all, all those, uh, everything that's happening in real time, and we communicate that to the guest. So you check out from your favorite restaurant and you order curbside, you click a link, and it's gonna, it's gonna be a guided journey from checkout to handoff. So we manage that arrival expectation and as, as things change in the kitchen, as it gets busier, as it gets slower, we manage the guest arrival experience. So we, we're going to update you. And then, and then subsequent orders, if you're coming behind it, and all of a sudden a bus shows up with 50 people, you know, we're going to create the expectation down the line um, in, in real time. And so it, you, you, know, you bring up the stuff with, with, uh, with Ovation. You, you mentioned loyalty. All this stuff, it, it's all intertwined. If, if I have a crappy pickup experience, I'm not going to return. But if all of a sudden it's seamless, it's smooth, it's easy, it's frictionless, I'm going to come back. And that, that really is, that really sort of points to, you know, what we are about. We're, we're really, I mean, we, we are a loyal, I mean, we're a curbside, we're a takeout solution, but we really are, we're, we're, we're a loyalty. I mean, it's, it is about creating an experience that, that, that the guest wants to return more frequently. Hey, you know, you, you mentioned KDS, and I said that's a kitchen display system. Uh, for all those uh, restaurant operators out there, very familiar. The non, that's what it is. It's a screen where you can bump all the food and kind of keep track of where everything is and the ticket times and things like that. You guys have a really great, strong relationship with um, – with a tech company that's been around the hospitality space for a long time. Love hearing about um, tech companies working together, especially when you get like an old legacy like QSR Automation, which has been around a long time making KDSs for, uh, for, the, for the fast, uh, fast uh, food restaurants and, and fast casual restaurants for years. But, um, I mean, they're the leader in, in KDS displays. How's that partnership going? And, and, and give us a little uh, sense of your relationship with QSR Automation. Old company out of Kentucky. Yeah, they're 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 fantastic. I mean, I, I so for for you know for this experience to work, for curbside to work, for you know the in-store pickup, everything 
it, it relies on the signals coming out of the kitchen. So obviously, if you have a receipt, if the cook's working off a receipt, there's no technology behind that. So I would encourage all the restaurant, all the operators that, that you know, that are on the grill tickets, if, if they want to sort of, you know, move into the, the, you know, the times that we're in and, and to really give their guests this opportunity to experience, you know, first class takeout, get yourself a KDS system, talk to QSR. Uh, there's others out there, but QSR, I mean, they are, they call it the Cadillac of kitchen display systems. And, and what that really means is. Is Cadillac still really good or is it? I know. I like say, Mercedes I know that, now? What I mean, Tesla, uh, Tesla. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, gotta, I, feel like, I feel like Cadu has lost a little bit of its cachet yeah, from the eighties yeah. when Jimmy and I, I mean, thought the Fleetwood Rome was the car. Don't disrespect. Don't disrespect that thing. It's still the Cadillac. It's the Cadillac. You still say Cadillac? Yeah, it's the Cadillac. I don't know what you mean. It's the Cadillac. Come on. I don't think the young people know. They're like, a Cadillac? What the hell is a Cadillac, Dad? <laughs> Come on, man. Tesla. Yeah. Oh, it's a Tesla. Oh, it must be very good. Anyway. You know, so, yeah, take, the, QSR, this, the, you know, the, the QSR is – there's so much rich data that comes out of, of a KDS system. And, and, and you know, QSR in particular – you know, they, they, they are most prevalent in the high volume restaurants that, you know, if you think about a cheesecake factory or, or some of these other brands where there's a lot of volume going through. And the irony is, is if there, the more volume that there is in the restaurant, um, the bigger the, the takeout challenge is because all, the, all those guests coming in off premise, they're just, they're just hinging on a quote time. And, and, you know, if, if the quote time's inaccurate, they're gonna they're gonna show up and pick up cold food or wait longer than necessary. So, uh, we take all that horsepower that that the that the QSR system, in particular, can create for the dining experience, and we're basically moving that off premise. And you know, ultimately, we hope to do that for all the systems that are out there. But we love our guys in uh, out there in Kentucky. I got to tell you, I, I learned something today. I learned that forever, forever, and going forward, when I hear Kentucky, I'm gonna think two things: bourbon. And QSR Automation. QSR Automation, give us a call. We love drinking bourbon from Kentucky. I want to learn more about QSR Automation. Well, well done. Listen, yeah, those, I, those meetings out there are pretty tough. Yeah, you got I, the, I uh, sitting at the table. There's a... Listen, before we move on, um, I have a few more data points I'd like to bring up. Um, another recent study, and just highlighting what's going on in the, uh, in the food service space, uh, COVID-19 and the future of commerce found that 87% of customers want restaurants to continue to offer curbside pickup after the pandemic is over. Okay, 87%. And this report found that 75% of consumers who subscribe to multiple delivery services say they will continue opting for curbside delivery. So Scott, for any operators out there who haven't yet implemented a curbside program, what advice do you have for them? By the way, I just wanted to add uh, from my notes here, it, that report came from uh, Curbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Full transparency. Scott wrote Call that report. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't a report, it was a tweet. But yeah, anyway, it was, a, it, was, it was a tweet from Scott and Kermit. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no conflicts of interest there. No. Um, you know what? If you're going to do anything in, in, you know, between the four walls, if you're going to offer an experience for your guests, it's got to work, okay? And there's all these statistics that are out there. Everyone wants curbside. And you know what? If you're a brand that has great food and great marketing that's going to get you to your app to, to make you click the curbside button, you're going to get somebody to try your, your, your curbside. But if it doesn't work, then you're going to get out of your car and you're going to walk in and you're going to pick it up in store. And that's not, that's not hospitality. You know, hospitality is... 
It's treating your guests, every guest, like they're a VIP. And, and what better experience is there than to show up, not have to call, not have to find a dedicated parking space, literally just show up and like a drive-through, somebody hands food in your window and you drive away. And that's, that's, that's the sort of experience that those 87%, that's what they want. And that's, that, that's when they're going to come back again and again and again. And, and you know, by doing that, by creating that sort of efficiency, now all of a sudden, if you've got guests in store that are dining in, um, you know, you move all that, you move that, all that traffic out into the parking lot in, in a way that can be, you know, managed and sequenced. Your in-store, your in-store, you know, guests are going to be happier. Your staff is certainly going to be happier. They're not going to be, you know, trying to find somebody in a parking lot or answering phones. It just, it has a, it's, it has a macro efficiency to it. And uh, I really, I really, you know, strongly urge, you know, all the operators out there to, to think really hard about, you know, how they are administering their curbside and uh, they're, they're, you know. I like it. Like, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. It turns out while we started uh, this podcast is we enjoy talking to people and having our, our, our partners and, and industry folks on. We also uh, learned along the way that our guests sometimes have questions for us. So let's kick off talking back. Uh, Scott, we're going to, uh, you know, give you a chance to ask us a question. Uh, nothing is off the table. Uh, I always feel that's a risky statement, but so far we've been okay. But Scott, microphone's yours, my friend. Well, I, I could see you guys. Uh, I know you're in New York, and I could see you're in a high ride. Are you guys taking elevators, or are you walking upstairs? Uh, Jimmy Wallace. That's the question. Okay, we take an elevator. Like, elevator. I was eating, All like, right. That, what they, that was what fantastic. What they, I mean, talk about are, talking back. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. That's a, that's you guys are so sleek and smelt. I, I'm like, what is, what is like, you what walk, fuels, baby. Uh, you walk. We're on the 87th floor of a high rise in midtown Manhattan. Jimmy and I walk. I got to tell you, it only takes 45 minutes. And by, and by 87th floor of a high-rise in Midtown Manhattan, Shatsy meant the fourth floor of a building down on Park South. That's what I'm going to tell you. Listen, <laughs> let me talk to you about something that's really, really important. And this is that hospitality has always been a little behind when it comes to technology. Am I right? It's always been a little behind when it comes to technology. So this segment that we've got right now, Scott, it's really called um, what came first, okay? Because sometimes we always get, uh, you know, everyone makes fun of us that we were slow to embrace uh, technology. Sometimes when you go back into history, you realize hospitality actually was a cutting edge. Maybe we just uh, lost our way. So I'm going to ask you, what came first? The hospitality cash register or the retail store cash register? Oh, Wow, good question. I'm gonna say the uh, the hospitality cash register. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose the same question to Mr. Jimmy. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking um uh, NCR um you know hundred something year old company. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Scott and say the uh, uh, the hospitality register came first. And I'm also gonna flag that the chats you got the new segment and you can't even get the freaking name of the segment right. Which came first? Which came first? But all right, I'm going with hospitality too. Okay, which came first, the <laughs> hospitality cash register or the retail cash register? But, well, listen, guys, the hospitality cash register. The hospitality cash register first, 1879. James Riddy, bar owner, saloon owner, Dayton, Ohio, invented it. You know what, Jimmy? You'll appreciate this. Uh, Riddy was tired of having bartenders as his partners, stealing all the money. So he invented the register as part of an effort to stop 
or at least keep the money in his pocket. And Jimmy, you were spot on because guess what? He sold his company. You know what it became? National Cash Register, NCR. Ding, 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 ding. ding. And today, NCR, as we know, are entrenched in hospitality with Aloha POS. A lot of people uh, know it as the, the ATM, giving them cash. So thank you to Mr. James Riddy back in 1879. I think actually Mr. Riddy, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's our guest next week uh, <laughs> on the podcast. We're excited wow. about him. He's, I think he's 187 at this point, but still kicking it. So we're By super way, excited. Has a bartender ever stolen anything since Mr. Riddy came up with the cash register? <laughs> no, 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 no. Once, once Mr. Riddy in 1879 installed the first register, uh, theft in uh, bars went to zero. There it is. Yep. It solved that problem. <laughs> they, they give away cocktails now, but no, no cash is that. All right. Thank you, Mr. Riddy. Listen, it's time for our crystal ball moment, a chance for our guests to put on their Kreskin and Miss Cleo hat and predict the future, the future. Uh, Scott, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? Oh, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I really think that there's going to be a line. There's going to be a line between the dining experience and, and takeout. And I think, you know, when you look at the real, and going back to the commercial real estate days, when you look at, you know, underutilized space and you think about the parking lot, um, I really see that, that area being the focal point of, of takeout. And, and, you know, whether it's, whether it's, you know, curbside or, or retail or whatever, it's just, I could really see that sort of evolution of the parking lot where, um, you know, food's coming out and people aren't even walking into stores anymore. And it could be an automated car, who knows? I feel like that was like a, almost like a Butabi brother moment. Like the club, let's make the like the outside of the club make it like make the inside look like the outside because the cool people hang outside. Like yeah, everyone I'm, hangs in the parking lot, smokes butts. We're all hanging on the hood of the car and drinks beers. And we're and now we're getting food and we're doing yeah. it more efficiently. Thanks so to I Herbert. pull I like in. I got a six pack. I got a pack of butts, a six pack of beer, and, uh, and they bring me some burgers and I sit in the parking lot. I love it. I agree. Imagine. I mean, I, Imagine you go on, you go, you know, you wait, guys, let's go curb it, you know, and all of a sudden you've got your, they got the, the, the beers coming out of the grocery store, the burgers come out, and you're just, I am thinking the coolest place for a bar mitzvah is the parking lot of a Burger King. Jimmy, I'm loving this for Sylvie. I'm loving this for her bat mitzvah. We just do a whole curb it, and everyone comes curb in, it. they order from curb it, immediately get their uh, little hot dogs. And uh, whatever <laughs> the sushi, whatever else they're doing. Uh, anyway, listen. Lahaya, uh, mazel tov. Yes. All right. Random right. Quick fire. Are we done? Are we done now, this one. What's that? Oh, we're not done. Are we done now? Is that it? Are we over? Oh no, no, Jimmy, Jimmy. Hey, listen, we, we anything left of the anything left of the show? Are we just the greatest segment of all time? Ah, the yes, of fire. course, of course. All right, Scott. Let's go to the best segment of the entire Hospitality Hangout podcast. Uh, we get thousands and thousands of letters each and every day. It's almost like Santa Claus. It's unbelievable. And everyone's like, Shats, we love the quick fire. Maybe you should have your own reality show just called the Shatsy quick fire. We don't know, but there's a lot there. Netflix is calling me to do my own uh, Netflix branded quick fire segment. What a lot I of things going on here. Am I Garfunkel in this relationship now? Did you just turn me into Garfunkel? Uh, oh, no, no. And, and uh, Jimmy, you'll, you'll be in there too. You'll okay. be in there too. It'll be the Jimmy Shatsy branded quick fire Netflix uh, reality show. I uh, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. Favorite all time movie? Uh, Fletch. Oh, I love. Oh, good one. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, I'm getting dinner from probably the microwave. 
Oh, I love that place. Delicious. <laughs> what, what is your favorite food city in the world? Food city? I would say I'm a seafood guy. So I would say, um, I don't know if it's Detroit. Koi Poo, Hawaii. Nice. Detroit is great. <laughs> favorite place to travel? Anywhere with the beach. Nice. All right. Here we go. If you were to challenge Jimmy Rye, to a game of Coke or Pepsi, talking bar mitzvahs, mm. who would you have better odds of beating? Oh, I would say I, I can't go Shotzi. I, I would say Jimmy. I, too much the, the energy. I think you would fizzle out. I, there, there's, I, yeah, I I, I, guess I, was, I, I, I had Jimmy at CBS. Going. They dropped yeah. us off at the at the convention center and the wrong uh, end of the convention center. We need to be on like the west side of the convention center. And I had Jimmy walk. It was like a four and a half mile walk with his bag. <laughs> he was panting. He was panting. I felt I, I'm like Jimmy. I swear, I swear we're almost there. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree. You know, Coke and Pepsi. I I, I think I got you. I think yeah. yeah. I you know what? I'll accept that. Um, and I think Shatsy, you're you're very wiry. You're wiry, Shatsy. You're, you you got yes. And I would pull that chair away and yeah. move things around. Yeah. But I see Coke and Pepsi being akin to Simon Says, and Shatsy, your attention deficit disorder and your inability. Wait, to what? <laughs> Your inability to stay focused. I got to tell you, I might be less wiry than you, but I will pay attention and yeah. I will. What? Yeah, you, you, yeah. you still here? You still here? Wait, yeah. There you go. Perfect. Exactly. But I respect the answer. And Chatsy, I got to tell you, season six, you're off to a hell of a start with two wins in, in, in question five of the quick fire. So well played. Well done, Scott. I respect the answer. Listen, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast um, and for sharing all your great insights. Um, we really do appreciate uh, what you and Kermit is doing to uh, support the industry. And, and you're really in the right place, the right time. And I know there was nothing accidental about that. You were you were planning. You were seeing the, the importance of pickup, and then the pandemic just accelerated everything. If you want to get in touch with Scott directly, you can email the branded team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. We'd be happy to make an introduction to Scott. And again, we really think he's he and his company are doing some important things for the industry. Highly encourage operators. Hey, you know what else, Jimmy? What's the hey, Scott? What's the URL? How do I check out the website? Okay, this is a tough one. So it's curbit.com. Wow. All right, so go check out Kerbit.com, guys, and that's it. Also, you can get in front in, in in touch with Scott and his team. And if you're a restaurant operator and you're looking for a solution for curbside, uh, just get Kerbit.com immediately. Immediately, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, to our listeners, as always, we want to thank you for taking the time to tune in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, um, and the fact that you choose to hang with us and, and continue to subscribe is something we tr uh, we greatly appreciate. Uh, join us next time as we welcome our friend, the dynamic Nabil Alamgir, co-founder and CEO at Lunchbox. It's going to be a great one. And finally, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any exciting guests coming up in the future. So listen, until then, uh, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off, passing it back to my Shatsy, uh, my partner, Shatsy. And hey. with appreciation to Scott. Thank you, man. Yes. Uh, hey, thanks, Jimmy. And this is Shatsy, a.k.a. The Restaurant Guy, signing off, hospitality, hangout. Scott, thank you. Love what you're doing in the space. Uh, uh, cheers, everybody. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Mm -hmm.